Welcome everyone to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. We've got Mr. Deneen, we've got Mr. Bubbles, and we've got Colin Savage, and we are about to get stuck into this game. My goodness, we've got Colin Savage. Colin, how thrilled are you with that result? Or did you, are you a bit disappointed with the way that the gloss was taken off? Well, a bit of both, really. I mean, obviously, it's, well, it's nice to be back on the podcast. Um, but yeah, thrilled scoring six, putting six past United. And that's the first time we've done it at home. Um, we, we, we put six past them at Old Trafford twice. Obviously, we put five past them at Main Road. That's the first time we've put six past them at home. So that's obviously great. But I think what everyone was saying, what a lot of people were saying, well, a bit of the gloss was taken off it by the fact that we saw three. And, um, you know, we could have scored. I mean, each should could have been ten, couldn't it? It could have easily been. Um, Bernard, how about your lineup predictions? Because... Um, I think that certain people were a little bit frightened about this. There was no Rodri, and people were a bit concerned. What did you think, and what were your predictions uh, looking like as the game started? Yeah, I mean, I got not nine right, but I'll 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 say that I had Rodri. So obviously, we weren't expecting that, were we? That was a really big surprise. So yeah, I'll take it as a token ten I got right for this one. But uh, it was an interesting one. I think I think the last time we did bolt from the blue, I think Ray mentioned he wouldn't be surprised if Aki and Kanji is uh, not just quite around at the moment. But I'll give him credit for it. It might have been you, Mike. I'm not too sure. But he said he won't be surprised if Aki and a Kanji line up. I thought it was going to be a Kanji and Diaz. But, uh, yeah, Peps, as I said, a Kanji for me is the first name. I did say last time the first name on the team sheet as far as the defence is concerned. It was just a matter of who was pairing him. And uh, it worked out wonderfully because I thought they played very, very well together. And now we've got Colin on to give his opinion about this uh, this guy that we didn't expect, a Kanji. Uh, Colin, what do you reckon? What, what's your opinion? Well, wow. Um you know, obviously he was playing for Dortmund, reasonably um, high-profile club. But, um, you know, who'd heard of him, really? Um, I don't know, we'd all heard of Haaland and, and Bellingham. But who'd heard of uh, Akanji? And what do we pay? Um, 11 million, 15 million, something like that. Um, and uh, a lot of people have said this. Uh, and uh, We were saying this watching the game yesterday, that he's so he, the way he carries himself, he's so reminiscent of Vincent Kompany who's another player we picked up basically for a song, unknown, uh, a few seasons ago. Uh, and as Bernard said, um, Ake and Akanji uh, are going to take some dislodging from, the, from that position. They're, they're the two who deserve the starts at the moment. And going over to Ray, Ray I think I uh, shot a little tweet over to Bernard uh, during the game because uh, the BBC had uh, switched up this uh, comment saying, and Akanji has shouldered this guy out of the way. <laughs> and uh, we talked about that a little bit, uh, Ray, and you, you, you were also on to this. He's, um, he's got a bit of a shoulder charge on him, hasn't he? It's, uh, as long as he keeps it on the right side of, um, you know, what's acceptable, because, you know, uh, if you shoulder somebody in the back, that's a foul. Uh, but he's, look, he's, he's got a bit of steel about him, a bit of strength, a bit of physicality. Um, I've just got to throw this out that I did suggest uh, when I was last speaking to you guys, I, I do believe that Aki and Akanji should be starters. I said Diaz hasn't deserved to start um, centre-back ahead of these two guys. These two guys in situ, they're playing well. 
And as far as I was concerned, they should do keep their positions. Yeah, don't, don't worry, Ray. I did mention that while you were sort of uh, elsewhere, so don't worry. It didn't. I didn't <laughs> call Mr. Diaz. Mr. Diaz whinging about why he, didn't, he was on the bench. So uh, my, my phone's on, on. I put it on silent, but somehow people still get through. So, but no, it was. Uh, it was. It was really interesting. Obviously, with Rodri, uh, I don't know how much you guys have talked about um, lineup, and I don't know why I've got an echo there, but. Mr. Rodri not being available and everybody thought, oh no, you know, we're, uh, we're in trouble now, Rodri's not there and Diaz isn't starting and, and all this. But uh, I was listening to, might have been, was it Graham Souness this morning? And he's, he's, he was talking about, uh, obviously, Liverpool are, uh, are crap at the moment and their, their fans are, uh, are crying. Uh, but he said, the one thing about City is when you put, bring subs in, you're doing like for like. There's only, in his opinion, there was only three players who were definite starters for City. Uh, I think he said Edison, Haaland. Borden's getting close. With anybody else, you can just replace one person with somebody else, and it won't make that much difference. And he said that's why City is so good. Colin Savage. Um, obviously, before the game started, there was the whole thing about Rodri. So we'll just go over to Colin. Colin, you weren't worried about the whole Rodri Diaz thing, were you? <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, the Rodri thing was a bit of a shock. We've come to rely on him so much, haven't we? And uh, there, there was one idiot on Twitter who, who claimed to be an elite coach, but I think he'd got um, the EL and the uh, an SH mi- mixed up, who was claiming that Pep doesn't make players better individually. Uh, I mean, there's two fallacies in that. One is what you want is a team. Uh, you know, you don't want 11 individual performances that... that are less than the sum of the parts. You want the team to be the sum of the parts. To, uh, you want the whole to be greater than the sum of the parts. And the second is there's so many players Pepper's made better, and Rodri is the shining example of that among many other players, I suspect. And um, yeah, so it was a bit worrying because my 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 worry a little bit was before the game, but well, well, God knows why, um, was that United maybe had the ability to hurt us because. I think we knew their game plan, well, thought we knew their game plan, would be to sit back and hit, hit us on the break. And certainly when you saw the teams, you, you thought, that's a very attacking, mobile lineup in theory. But of course, um, with Rodri being out, you thought that multiplied the issues. But no, didn't, um, you know, they showed nothing. I mean, we could have played nine men and probably beaten them. We, um, Bernard, we really said about them in that first half. That was very, very exciting, wasn't it? I think the problem with United is uh, we lost so one pace, really, and they didn't they didn't up the pace. They didn't, they didn't press us. They didn't, didn't do anything you expect in a derby match. I mean, even when you you know even when City were at the lowest playing United, at least at least we had to go and try and make put the effort in. I, I mean, United fans were speaking to today. I mean, they'd all give up by half time like the guys had at the stadium. They just couldn't, you know, and I, I fully accept it. They were just, it was just awful. I mean, they didn't actually do that much different in the second half when he managed to get three goals. It's just, obviously, City, City stepped back a bit, but United were awful. They were absolutely awful from the off, and we, I don't think we were that brilliant. I, I mean, I've literally watched it back now after, after being there yesterday, and we were superb, took the goals really well, but we didn't have to be. United were just absolutely, I don't know what the, the old 10 Bob Pep was doing, but, it, they were absolutely useless. There's no commitment. They didn't seem, you know, it's, it's the old adage, isn't it? Playing for the shirts and being proud of the badge. And I didn't see that from United at all yesterday. It just made it a lot easier for us. 
United was supposed to be man marking, but I'm not sure which man they were marking. I think it was Rodri. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to because I will forget. Is is Ten Hag the new bald fraud? He looks a bit like Pep, though, doesn't he? Pound shot, Pep. I think he's either, he's either got the start of some nervous condition. All I ever saw him doing was when I was watching it back was shake his head. That's all he was literally doing for the 90 minutes. <laughs> Ray, I was on with uh, you and your guy, Abdullah, and he was very, very um, pessimistic about it. Yeah. And I I have to say, I predicted 5-0. You guys rained all over it. But I came close, didn't I? <laughs> well, they scored a goal. How close did you get? It's got three goals. Come on, I mean, guys, come on. No, I mean, you said 5-0, they won 6-3. It's, it's not even close. All you got was the numbers right, um, <laughs> in terms of similar to what, you know, ours, and you got theirs way out. So, you know, we all said City would win. City won. You got, you said City would win. You got the score wrong. Um, so did, so did the rest of us. So, you know better than Bernard or me on that score. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's, talk, let, 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 let's talk Ray about the first goal. So tell me about the first goal. And uh, we all thought it would it would come from um, the Nordic meat shield, but it didn't. It came from Phil Foden. Yeah, I mean, look, look, I mean, look, we were all over them. We had, uh, I think, a couple of chances before that first goal. I think, was, if I'm right, did it come from where um, <laughs> Jaden Sancho, who failed to control a ball, where um, I think. United would have been three on three if he'd, if he'd controlled that ball and put uh, Fernandez through. And actually, Fernandez would have been uh, in oceans of space, um, uh, pretty much. But uh, poor Mr. Sancho, uh, how much did he cost? About 80 million for United? Whatever. Uh, he failed to control it. City, City broke free, uh, put the ball out, um, out to the left, and uh, balls popped in the box. And there was young uh, Phil Foden uh, to. Um, Slot it home, uh, pretty much in the top corner. De Gea didn't bother moving. I just think Foden hit it so well. It was so such a clean strike with the side of his foot. It just, uh, yeah, um, yeah, De Gea had no chance. He didn't even bother moving. And uh, it, it, yeah, one nil. And um, it, it, I think obviously we deserved it because we were well on top. And United had been nowhere really. Um, and it's usually the first goal is. Gives you the direction of the game, and you know, City score at first, we ain't losing, and you know, we we looked hungry, uh, we looked hungry for more, and uh, quite soon the others came along as well. Mm-hmm. Colin, you were so glad, weren't you, when you saw the the team sheet and uh, Harry Maguire was not there, and uh, <laughs> you thought you you thought to yourself, okay, we could be on it today, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, Harry Maguire, we've been so unlucky with injuries, haven't we, this season, and Harry Maguire was just another one. It doesn't matter, does it? You know, that that, that front six was, was superb. Uh, Maguire would have been in the ice, playing would have been in the icing on the cake. Someone said, Real Madrid don't buy, don't sell players, let players go unless they're, you know, they're finished. Uh, which is, fits in nicely with United's transfer strategy, because they don't buy <laughs> players unless they're useless. Goodness me, that um, Martinez is a bit of a shrimp, isn't he? I mean, he makes Eric <laughs> Garcia look like um, Godzilla. Um, I just say that on Twitter. Oh, on Blue Moon, I think. Um, I didn't realise how small he was. And uh, someone, someone memorably on Twitter called him the Argentine Jimmy Cranky. 
chuckling for about 15 minutes, I must admit. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing that was, yeah, the thing that was a little bit worrying was, despite United failing to play, I mean, uh, we were saying this at the game, 1-0 may not be enough. Um, because, you know, you, if you go in half-time 1-0, potentially you could get a bit complacent. Uh, the, you know, the opposition can change things around, and it only takes one goal on the back end of the game. Even even 2-0, we've seen that before. So, um, even though United were, 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 were great and we were all over them, at that point, until the second goal, the scoreline really didn't reflect our dominance to any, uh, to any great degree, I thought. Uh, Bernard, what did you think about that slick little goal from Mr. Foden? Uh, it was a nice one and settled the nerves nicely, didn't it? Yeah, you think back to that Wolves game where obviously he was a lot closer in. He saw, it's just that little side foot where you, you know, your goalkeeper doesn't get time to react to it. This time it was further out, but it was exactly the same sort of thing, but he went high with it. Obviously at Wolves it P-rolled into the net, but, uh, just, just, he wants to get in those positions and that's great. And I think obviously he's learning, he's learning off the old, uh, Nordic meat shield, isn't it? How to get in those positions and, uh, thoroughly delighted, you know, a city, for a city fan, to play for City is fantastic. For a City fan to actually score one goal for for City is fantastic. So obviously it got even better, didn't it? And uh, Ray, um, lots of people were saying that, um, uh, and we've said before that um, Erling Haaland uh, prefers to use his boots instead of his head. Mm. But uh, with number two, uh, there was a little bit of a doubt about whether whether that passed the line, but. It was a beautiful, a beautiful leap. He leapt like a salmon, didn't he? <laughs> well, there was no way he could use his boot on that one. You know, the ball was about eight foot in the air, so he'd, he'd have got done for that. But it's great that we can score a goal from a corner. Uh, we can be direct, put it in the box, put it in the mixer, and Haaland um, is, is there, and obviously with his height and his power and his strength, brushed, uh, was it Ericsson trying to mark him aside? And planted that in, and yeah, look, it was only for a, a fraction of a second. The, the players knew it had gone in, uh, just needed the, the referee to confirm that the ball had gone over the line. It, it was only what City deserved, and as I said, um, it's, it's good to see that we are a much more attacking threat from corners. We've got various different options now. We've got the one where we float to the back post. I think if you remember last year's derby, I think Mare scored from a corner. Uh, which was on the edge of the box on the far side where he, he, he volleyed it, where he took a deflection and went in. We cannot always do the short corners. And now we've got that other option of putting that bo- ball straight in there around the six-yard uh, box and, and Haaland's there with the power to, to score. So it just increases our threat. You know, he won't... <laughs> we've seen it. We say, we'll say it. I reckon we'll say it at least 20... 30 times this season he really wants to score goals he's going to do everything he can to score goals and having that desire in the box to get his head on the ball is, is wonderful and I think um, just to come in in the last game the, I think it was the Forest game Kevin De Bruyne's corners were all, were pretty well all awful either dropping too long or dropping too short or too far out but they were superb yesterday mm-hmm. which gives, us, you know, gives him that chance Bernard, there was a lovely little graphic uh, during the uh, the first half where they circled uh, Mr. Roy Keane, who was doing the commentary, and he saw Alfie Haaland on the other uh, side. They were thinking, these guys are going to get into it again. But tell you what, uh, I would fancy Alfie's chances. Not back in the day, but I tell you what, he, he looks built. 
Yeah, he admitted, did he admit the other day that he, um, I, was, I think it was really, obviously he, he turned around and said to the City guys that he was fine, he was just obviously staying down there for a little while just to get Keane in trouble and get him sent off, which was fine, you know, that, that works out, but we know obviously that, that that wasn't the case particularly, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy, I mean, I, I don't know, Ray could ref it, I suppose, with um, ref those two uh, in, in a battle, what do you think, Ray, what, you know, sort of match up, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, they, pa- well, certainly Keane's past it now, isn't he? Keane must be knocking on. He must be nearly as old as um, as you, Bernard. Oh, well, all right. Thanks, cheers, mate. Anyway, all the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must be in his 50s now, Keane. I'm trying to look 51, yeah, so I Keane's 51. So he's knocking on, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. No, he's nowhere near as old as me, mate. I'd have a, a wrench hidden behind my back. <laughs> Just a sluggy one when uh, I got, uh, if I got a chance. But the thing is, guys, we didn't say it actually. We were a bit cheat. We cheated, though, didn't we? They only had ten men on the pitch, don't forget, when that uh, header went in. Because poor old Varane, we, know, we didn't kick the ball out for him, did we? Even though they, they got the ball and didn't kick the ball out anyway. But uh, Mr Fernandez wasn't very uh, happy about it was he that, that's for sure but uh, yeah so we did score when you had 10 men on the pitch so uh, that probably doesn't count in year United of course I'm texting Ray at the time thinking my 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 pizza is coming have you told have you told the guys about you got, Mike since you keep mentioning it you're going to tell everybody what the pizza gate was about um, yep. the fact that you you said if you, you predicted to, on my channel that City would win 5-0 and we kind of poo-pooed that and uh, so I, I said, if City win five 0 when I'm in Northern Ireland and you're next there, I will go. To, there's a uh, a chain of uh, pizza uh, parlors called uh, Little uh, Little Wings, and they do a 24 inch pizza. So I said, if if City win five 0 Mike, I'll take you there and I'll buy you a 24 inch pizza. And well, we got three and we got four, and you were sweating, weren't you? I wasn't sweating because, to be honest. We got the third and the fourth goal, and we were winning four nil at time, and I'm sure we're going to discuss the goals. But I thought, I honestly thought it was going to be how many can City score? It was, you know, was it going to be seven or eight? So I didn't think we were going to stop at five. So I, I thought, you know, uh, at one, uh, uh, I'd say one or two, I was a little bit worried. But once we got four nil up at half time, uh, I was quite comfortable that we were going to go past five uh, and, and, and give them a good old tonking. Well, Bernard, um, you were exactly right. Let's talk about the third. Yeah, it's wonderful, wasn't it? I mean, it was exactly the same with Ireland, where you think we were in the South Stand watching it come towards us, and we're thinking like De Gea's thinking, United defence is thinking, that ball's going out for a goal kick, and old Mr Inspector Gadget legs, he presses his button, and this six-foot leg sticks out, and did he, unless it hits De Gea in the face, he's not stopping it, because he doesn't have time to react, it's brilliant, but KDB's ball, if you look at it back, it's like a, like a sandwich, he just... Not a sandwich, a sand wedge, you know, he just sort of chipped it, but it seemed to be under him. If you look back at it, it seemed to be not in the right position. He decided to sort of chip it. And it just, he just couldn't have done, you know, you look at the picture of it and you say, how the hell is he going to get that ball across to Ireland? You just couldn't imagine he could do it. It was absolutely stunning ball. And as I said, Ireland, it's just, you know, that was incredible. So they were both KDB. I think for me, that was the best goal of the game. Uh, KB and Alan were both superb uh, and thoroughly they say three nil and it's game over, isn't it? Well that, if it had been a sandwich, Luke Shaw would have been all over it, wouldn't it? Um one of the things that was quite amusing was all of the scribes trying to figure out 
which kind of striker had ever appeared in the league before that was anything like Holland, and the best that sorry Holland, and the best that they could come up with was Duncan Ferguson. I was kind of thinking, <laughs> is um is that really a, a proper comparison, Colin? Uh, I, I think Shearer would be a better one, wouldn't it? Or a combination yeah. of maybe Duncan Ferguson and, and Alan Shearer, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Shearer was a very complete striker. I mean, he could, uh, you know, headers close in, far out. But oh, Aguero, I mean, um, you know what what he could do. And when we talked about that third goal, and I'm sat there watching it in real time, and you watch the ball coming, you think he's not getting that. That's going out, as as, as uh, Ray said, and uh, or Bernard said. So, uh, and then next thing he's in, he stuck his leg out, and it's in the back of the net, and and. You know, watching it back on Match of the Day too, it was just a, a technique for that was incredible. You know, he got he set himself up to to plant the sole of his foot on that ball, and it was just um, staggering. But you know, how, could, could Shearer have done that? Who, you know, who who else? Could, Aguero, probably. I'm not sure even Aguero could have done that. It was very reminiscent, wasn't it, of the Bernardo Silva goal at Old Trafford mm. uh, yeah. a couple of seasons ago during the COVID season. Uh, where the ball looked to be going out, and Bernardo stuck his not quite as telescopic as as Harlan, but uh, Bernardo stuck his leg out, and the next thing it's in the back of the net. I think yeah, this is gonna, what is going to make Harlan so dangerous because defenders are going to look at stuff like this, where he's he's stretching his legs out and he's getting to balls that nobody thought he could get to. So you're going to have the, the defender next time when a similar ball comes in thinking, well, I can't let this go. I'm going to have to get something on it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of a couple of own goals this season uh, just to try and cut that uh, pass out to Hartland because he's getting almost everything. And I think in one of his interviews, he said that the, the, the link up with KDB, and he says, uh, you know, KDB knows I'll be there. So he can just put that ball in on, into the right area. He knows I'll be there. And it's just, it's just like, you know, in the first few games of the season, you could see... The, the you know Harlan wasn't happy that balls weren't coming in quick enough or Fordham was being a bit greedy and everything else and now it's kind of settled down Every, you know they've had a bit more time to work together and everybody kind of knows what to do everybody is kind of it's so quickly after eight or nine games everything's fit into slipped into place um, and you know the players know Harlan will be there Harlan knows the ball will be coming and um, opposition defences haven't got a chance. Yeah, Bernard, those uh, telescopic legs are getting us a lot of goals. And uh, one thing that I think that you in, you must have enjoyed was those frequent cuts to Sir Alex Ferguson up in the stands with that with that uh, bumblebee uh, face on him. It was enjoyable, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Was it? Uh, is it Mr. Game Over? Is quite famous at the moment, isn't he, for the uh, "Not in My Lifetime"? It's every time statement that he, that he came out with. But I didn't notice if he had the badge covered up on the seat or whether he was in a seat with a badge on it. I wasn't too sure. I couldn't get a vision of it. I would have loved I, to have I seen thought, it. I thought it was a body bag, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some calculations. I, I think I've just. I think I've got this right. Um, since he said that, which was September 2009, just before a derby, not in my lifetime, we've played 27 Premier League derbies. We've won 13, drawn four and lost 10. Uh, 50 goals scored and 36 against. 
Yeah, he's a good manager though. He's not a very, he's not a very good, uh, he's not a very good non-manager, but he was a pretty good manager, wasn't he? But I can't stand the bloke, mate. I can't stand. I, I hate him. I'd never call him <laughs> sir. I'd never do it. I just don't. He's, he's United. He's United through and through. So I, I absolutely despise the guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, all, all I can say is, uh, you're not getting any pizza off me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it was a feature of the game that really um, our players had acres of space in the middle of the field, and even the defenders were, you know, were, were bringing the ball forward completely unchallenged. Um, yeah, you know, what Ake or Akanji could have run all the way through to the edge of the penalty area, no one would have gone near them. Uh, and, and this happened for goal number four. KD, KDB had loads of space in the middle of the in the middle of the park. He played it out to. Uh, Harland, who was on our left, uh, and, and incidentally, he got clustered by Christian Eriksen just after he played it, which should have been a yellow card, I think. But anyway, uh, Erling Harland shows he's not just a, a goal scorer, but a goal provider, and a brilliant cross. I mean, it was a KDB standard mm. cross to Phil Foden at the far post, um, and it was a bit like a, a Sterling goal, you know, uh, we remember Raheem Sterling, typical Sterling goal. Ball into the far post and he's there to meet it. And 4 0. And that 4 really far better reflected our dominance. I've got to say, if, if, if you watch it again, I mean, uh, it was commented on, I can't remember which channel, but Phil Forden had run 80 yards to get there. He'd run 80 yards and his uh, average speed was about 20 miles an hour. You know, he'd gone from 19 to 20 uh, and he, towards the end he dropped back to 19. So he. He managed to sustain that burst of uh, pace all the way, and you know that's what got him the goal. Um, you know, if if he'd stopped for or thought about it for a fraction of a second, should I go? Should I not? He would have been in front of the defender. Um, so it was, you know, uh, I just think it shows the commitment that everybody's got. They're excited to play in this city side, um, and they've got the, the uh, that commitment, that energy. Uh, that motivation to, to, to give it everything. And that's, that's the minimum you want. And I think that's what Pepper said before. It's the minimum he demands that they've got to be putting the effort in. Uh, cause if you're not, you, you're not playing. Um, that's his minimum, uh, requirement. And, and for them put Buster Goat to get there. And, uh, he was just so happy, you know, to score that. I mean, uh, it's not often that we, you know, um, ah, when was the last time we won in 4 0 at half time? Can anybody remember that? Can't remember. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, not it's not in my even, mind. <laughs> don't often get to 4 0 up at half time. Um, but, you know, this this was great. But the thing is, I mean, it's not as if no one's done this before to United. I mean, Brentford have done it already this season and they put out a tweet and saying, like, you know, you know, guys, you know, you're basically, you, you know, we've done it first. Brentford were 4 0 up at half time against United. So is it really a, you know, a surprise anymore? The crap. Oh yeah, I mean, the worst thing to happen was actually the half-time break, wasn't it? Because you just knew it's going to be very difficult to um, get that head, get the heads right for the second half, especially when you're four nil up. And we just didn't want that first half to end because I think we could have just gone on and scored five, six, seven, eight if we just didn't have an half-time break. But sadly, we did. But we were still. Uh, Confident that we could get up to um, eight or nine or perhaps ten in the second half, but it wasn't to be. Colin, it's so often the case, isn't it, that when a team absolutely dominates and scores a hatful in the first half, it doesn't actually happen uh, in the second half the way that you you'd want it to. And um, of course, we lost um, 
a goal from a bit of a screamer, you have to say. It was a nice goal, wasn't it? You know, we we came out for that second half thinking the game was won. Uh, and you know what's going to happen is it, that we were talking about this at half-time at, at, at uh, the Etihad. What would you say to, what does Eric Ten Hag say to United? Basically, you're playing for pride. So you know they're going to come out for 10, 15 minutes. They're going to give it a go. And your worry is that we don't come out. And we, we should know that by now. I mean, you know, Pep should know that. And, and probably tells the players, you know, keep your, keep your heads, don't get complacent. But it's very hard not to. Uh, and, and certainly we, we, we came out and it looked very, looked like we were on the beach on, you know, in our deck chairs sipping a pint, mm-hmm. which was a bit annoying because we, we've done this before. We did it a few seasons ago where I think we went four up after about 50 minutes. Yeah, and we, and we just eased off. I think we, I think they got a goal. So uh, we didn't close down. You know, we let Anthony uh, have a bit of a run, uh, and no one particularly got in his face, which was completely different to the intensity of the first half. I think, but it was a cracking finish, and I don't think I think if, uh, if, if, getting there. I think if that had been nil nil or one nil to us, Jack really would have put a better uh, attention. Yeah. You know, he just let that ball go. And as Colin said, you know, no one came out to char- charge him. He was a long way out. He was a good 25 yards out. And to score from there would take something special. But we've seen with, with Mr. Harlan, Mr. Harlan can do things that you don't expect. So you've got to be focused uh, all the time. And I just think, you know, we should have stepped up a little bit and at least tried to block it. But give give the boys due. It was a fabulous goal uh, right into the corner, uh, you know. But, but, uh, yeah, but one thing I said chance. was, that might be what we need to wake us up a little bit. And yeah. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bernard, um, Colin was uh, perfectly right. It was Anthony. And um, what what they always tell you, all the old school managers, is if you've, if you've got stuffed in the first half, Go out and win the second half. Uh, do you think that United won the second half exactly? <laughs> well, they did win the second half, yes. They won the, they won the second half 3 2. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I wonder what Sven Goran Eriksson told uh, the City team at Middlesbrough that time. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he go out and say, oh, don't worry about it, guys, You know, we'll, uh, we'll win the last 10 minutes or something like that? Because <laughs> that, that was just as shocking, wasn't it? But uh, it, it is difficult. As I say, a lot of football's in the break, is up there, isn't it? In the head, guys. Uh, you know, there's an amount, not a lot, but a certain, a certain percentage of it. And and I don't think United did anything particularly different. I think he, he switched the tactics a little bit defensively, so they looked a little bit more capable. But, uh, yeah, they still stayed at the same pace, kept kept beavering away, and obviously they got that one back. But fortunately, it wasn't going to be a Leicester City, was it, where we were 4-0 up, it went to 4-3. I remember that one. Uh, that was that was awful. We, we won that 6-3 as well, didn't we, I think, guys? Um, so I was a bit, not panicking at 4-1, but I was a bit disappointed. I think that that's the word to say, disappointed, but it was all to get a little bit brighter, wasn't it? Yeah, you did actually call that on private chat, didn't you? You you said, Bernard, didn't you, it could still be 4-1. And, of course, at that point, I'm throwing my pizzas on the roof and thinking that's going to Well, guys, my, my, uh, I was tweeting you out. I'm, I'd gone to pick my mum up from the airport, and Bernard on charity said she should get a taxi. Uh, <laughs> my mum is like a mid-80s. She's in a wheelchair. Oh, she needs a wheelchair to, to, to get around. And, uh, you know, I did the dutiful thing. But the, the, the bummer was she only told me about four or five days uh, before the game. She, <laughs> she rang me up and said, what are you doing on Sunday? And I just knew she was 
not coming back at like, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. It had to be bang it at past one. And I said, I was, you know, um, and they were a bit late. I was, I just wish I'd gone to the game, watched the first half, you know, saw the formula, then legged it down and just told, you know, wagged it and said there was a bit of traffic. So I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, cause that, that was, that was the game done and dusted at half time. Um, but it was, a uh, yeah, it was, a. Uh, Shame that they got back into it, you know. Well, I won't say back into it. I think that's what Gary Neville joked, back into it or whatever. Um, give them a little bit of hope, but then I think we extinguished that pretty quickly. Well, we're just going to go to Colin for that. That was very funny, actually, Colin, because you had Gary Neville um, on Twitter tweeting from Pitchside saying, are we back into this? Are we back into this? <laughs> it didn't last too long, Colin, because um, no, 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 bang, no. it was five. Yeah, yeah, uh, I say it gave us a bit of a wake-up call, that, and uh, uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Jack Grealish, um, they exchanged passes, and, and when, when Ray talked about Phil Foden racing into space for the fourth goal, uh, I noticed Sergio Gomez uh, was absolutely making hay down the uh, down the left-hand side to get into position, get in the wide position, uh, which he did, and, uh, and Kevin De Bruyne found him, of course, and uh, he put a thumping crossing for uh, Haaland, who equally thumped it home quite emphatically. Now, Colin, yeah. at this stage on Twitter, all kinds of um, of memes and everything going up um, about Erling Haaland and... Um, and that was his hat trick, of course. That was his hat trick goal. I mean, how impressed with you uh, with this guy? I, I know that you don't overstate it, but... You know, oh, there's something no. about this guy, isn't there? There, there is. He's just a machine, and and uh, you, you can try and analyse what makes him so good, but it's but it's hard. It, um, I, I, you know, I just he's just in the right place. He's so powerful. He's accurate. Um, you know, his it, 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 his his goal to shots ratio is incredible. And of course, that was the first time in Premier League history that a player had scored uh, three consecutive home hat tricks, uh, and we kind of getting used to it now, aren't we? But of course, you know, you, you know let's see if you can do it against a good team. Against West Brom on a Wednesday night. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Ray, um, you, you knew he was good. You didn't think he was this good, did you? We knew he was good. I mean, I, I, I said before the game, in, in, was it in that um, team news that we were talking about, or the, the, the video we did a, a day or two ago, when I, I mentioned about you know the potential for Haaland to score another hat trick because he'd got to, two on the bounce at home and it, you know you just thought nah it's not going to happen really um, he can't do it can he and he just does it he just keeps on doing it um, uh, it's, it's just it's just he's just amazing um, you know and when you see the you, you see them the goals you say yeah somebody else could have done you know that that goal or that goal. But he's doing it every single time. And there's not, you know, not since uh, Dixie Dean has uh, we got someone who can score goals at this sort of, uh, this sort of uh, rapidity. You know, he's just doing it all, all the time. And there's one thing I, I know, not, noted that he finished the game yesterday. How many other league games has he finished? He's been coming off uh, uh, games early because they've been won. And this is the game that he was left until the end. So if he'd been playing the full 90 in all the other games... How many more goals could he have scored? Mm. Very so what, what is it now? It's uh, 14 in 8. 
So, yeah. you know, by, by the time we played 19 games halfway through the season, which is probably going to be January, I think, January, maybe early February, he could have broken the 30-odd goal record. I mean, and that puts him on uh, Dixie Dean with 60 goals in a 42-game season. You know, is, he could... Is that better than, um, you know, we think about really tough games that People like that. Um, Bernard, he, uh, he can't keep doing this, can he? Well, obviously he can. We keep, in the same way we keep saying Arsenal can't keep winning, they keep winning the game. So you keep saying Arlen can't do this, but obviously every game he proves us wrong. Uh, and I think he stayed on the 90 minutes this game because I think uh, he's going to get a rest on Wednesday. I think uh, Alvarez is going to be up top for a. For the, for the game against Copenhagen on the, on Wednesday, so I think that's why Pep kept him on the pitch. In all fairness, and yeah, why not? Is you know, you can't keep this up, but he is doing so. More more the merrier. Um, Colin, they did get a couple back, and uh, for you, does does that take the gloss off it, or are you yeah, one of those people that think, well, you know, well, we scored six against you, so don't worry about that. But it did take a bit of the gloss off it. I mean, doesn't change the situation that, that we were so, so comprehensively uh, outclassed them. And, and, of course, Pep made that huge change. It was a bit like a friendly, one of the pre-season friendlies, mm-hmm. where, you know, you change the whole team at half-time or something. You know, what, four? Uh, we had to replace Walker, of course, and then four at once. And that that does disrupt the rhythm. So Ake's at left-back, Gomez has gone into midfield, um, lost track of uh, who else was on them. Um, don't think we had a holding midfield player at that point, did we? So it it was quite noticeable that the rhythm was was disrupted once those four changes were made. And uh, yeah, it was a bit disappointing. We let them, we, you know, it didn't end up eight uh, one instead of six three, a nine goal thriller. But um, yeah, um, yeah, because we all want to see it. Don't we? we all want to see. And, and I think even Liverpool fans, virtually every other set of fans. One of my colleagues this morning said to me, um, he's a Liverpool season ticket holder, he said, yeah, he said, I was disappointed you didn't put them to really humiliate them. I mean, not six goals is a humiliation, isn't it? But, you know, to, to have kept it to 8-1 or 8-2. Uh, anyway, we had that sequence almost at the first minute, didn't we, where uh, we had about three shots blocked. Um, Gundogan's free kick came off the outside of the post. You know, if that goes inside... So, yeah, it, it, but, well, let's be honest. What we all really want to see is an absolute total humiliation on home turf. Eight, nine, whatever. Uh, and we came close to it yesterday. And it's just, yeah, it's just a shame that it, it was a nine-goal game uh, and it wasn't 8-1 rather than 6-3. Right, did that uh, rain on your parade a little bit? I know that I was watching uh, Mark Goldbridge and I was, uh, I was loving it. I was loving it as uh, that happened, but... I don't know. What did you think? I don't. I don't understand your love affair with Goldbridge. Anyway, let's 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 move on. <laughs> I, I mean, love him. I love him. what worries me, Mike? You mean you mean no, on no, your own no, no. career no. that you that you're fantasizing over Mike Goldbridge and dreaming about him now? I just don't understand. I'm the Anfield rap. I'm the Anfield rap too. Oh no! Come on. I mean, <laughs> what dirge do you listen to and watch, Mike? Is is is. It's crazy. Uh, I, I just love wallowing them in their in their misery and their tears. What, you love swallowing them or wallowing them? No, I just like watching their tears. Okay, okay. Uh, drink it in, drink it in. Um, <laughs> but look, I've I said it many a year now. I said it. 
how many times have you gone to games, especially away, and you've seen City get battered by far, far better teams, you know, whether it's Arsenal or Chelsea, Liverpool at times, United, whoever, uh, and some lesser likes, like, like your Middlesbrough's. And I said, I said it and I'll say it again, the boots onto the foot now. We should be absolutely pumping these teams. We shouldn't be giving them a chance, you know, um, Four nil at half time should be six, eight, ten nil at full time. Really, it should be. Um, and it is it's disappointing and frustrating that we don't go through, you know, and, and really finish teams off. We, I remember we went through a sequence against Arsenal where we were beating them like two nil or three nil for for several games, and I was thinking, but we were so much better than them. You, you go back to that. Carabao Cup final where we, we, we smashed them to pieces on a, on a Sunday at 3-0 and then we went back on the Thursday in the league and battered them again. I think that was 3-0. And each of those games, we could have got five or six. And I'm thinking, why don't we do that? What, when we're so much on top of the other team, you know, we're, we're rewriting, we're writing history here. I mean, yes, history was written yesterday, but can you imagine what history would be like if you'd won 8-0 or 9-0? And I think I tweeted, I said, this would be the perfect game to break the Premier League record and, and beat a team 10-0. That would be per- so perfect. And we would just be so, so happy, uh, to, you know, as fans, for the rest of our days to, to think, yeah, we'd beat United 8-0 or 10-0. So at, at some point we're going to, you know, we can't keep saying this. We haven't really stuffed anybody. I think we beat Watford 8-0, weren't it, a few years ago. I think we were 5-0 up after 17 minutes. But, you know, with this city side, with Haaland, with Pep, with everything else, we should be getting, t- you know, we should really be putting teams to the sword whenever we can. Because this time, you know, in, in a few years time, we won't be do- have, have that the same opportunity. So pump them while you can. Yeah. Well, Bernard, um, we did lose a couple of goals at the end and we should at least mention them. Would you say it was just a, a question of um, City turning off a little bit laziness? Yeah, we didn't mention um, Mr. Folden's hat-trick goal either, did we? Which uh, was uh, trying to be choked off for every reason they could find, but they couldn't find a reason to choke it off, so they allowed it to stand for. They even went back to when KDV kept it in on the touchline. Uh, they were trying to see if that was out just to try and stop us getting that goal. But, uh, yeah, it was once the subs were made. I mean, we were 6-1 up, the subs were made, and he just really took the whole floor. And as I said, United didn't really change. He still knocked it about, played the same sort of football, and resulted in a couple of goals. Uh, one, one a penalty, but, uh, yeah, all credit to him. He kept going, kept a bit of pride, which, unfortunately, we we know to our to ourselves you know when you, we, we talked about the Middlesbrough game we didn't get much pride out of that one at least at least United got away with some pride and we didn't really want that did we as Ray was sort of intimating there with with what he was saying but uh, yeah 6-3 good penalty top corner can't, can't do much about that and a, a sniffer's heading goal as well so it's a, it was a shame. It's a bit of an anticlimax, as we said off air before the game. I was I was buzzing at six one. By the time the the game ended, I was a little bit anticlimactic. I felt yeah. a little bit down, which was stupid. Well, Colin, um, Bernard mentions um, pride, but they were that's the first time I've seen them streaming out at half time yeah. like that before. That was a, that was a long time ago that I saw that. Yeah, well, you know, when you think about back to the 6-1 at Old Trafford and uh, think about the Liverpool fans when we put five past them. I mean, the, the, this, this group, the 1958, put out a tweet saying about best away fans in the league. But, you know, you know 
You know, I took a picture of the way under 51 minutes. It was uh, at best three quarters full. And by 70, 75 minutes, it was about a third full, if that, waterfall. Uh, you know, and you stay and support your team. You know, the, the spoiled, entitled brats, aren't they? They've been spoiled by success up to um, up, up to Ferguson leaving. And, uh, you know, you think, uh, if that had been us, I don't think many City fans would have left early. You know, we we, we kind of know what it is to support a team that's having a bad day. Because God, God knows we had a lot of bad days um, in our time, didn't we? But uh, that was quite surprising. There were one or two stayed there singing. Uh, but, it, yeah, it, I mean, it showed them up as the entitled, arrogant, can't, you know, they can't look defeat in the face uh, and deal with it. Well, I think uh, one person that really personified that for a lot of us was Bruno Fernandes. I mean, he has really turned into a whinging, crying little girl. And he was protesting and whining about every little decision that went against him. And he finally got the the yellow card that he deserved, I think. Um, What's what's happened to that guy, Ray? It's time for United. Ray can't hear that. Let me let me ask that to uh, Bernard. What what's happened to Bruno? He was so good at one point. Now he's a whinging, crying little girl. Is it, is it a Portuguese straight? I mean, let's. Uh, Bernardo likes sort of things, doesn't he? Let's be honest about it. But he does it in a nice way because he's our player. But uh, yeah, uh, Fernando's just take it to the extreme, unfortunately. Ray, he's do you a- agree? Yeah, you know, it's an absolute whinge bag. I thought it wasn't meant for me. I thought you didn't want me to rant on again. But he's, he's, you're right, Bernard. He's an absolute whinge bag. You know, and the United fans, when things were going well for him in that first season, they, they blew so much smoke up his backside, you know, that you know, he was better than KDB and all this and that. And, you know, I remember a lot of City fans, you know, begrudgingly said, he's doing all right. He's, had a, he's having a good season. Uh, but since then, he's been absolute pants he's been rubbish and it, all you ever see from him now is you know pictures of his ugly little face whinging away and you know chirping <laughs> at the refs and complaining about this and that um you know i mean he's got a face all his mother could love um it's, it's that it's that bad you know it makes makes us lot look like charles atlas and uh or whatever uh <laughs> you speak Robbie, for yourself. You, <laughs> well, uh, not forget Charles, like, Robbie Williams or or whoever you want. You could be Pierce Brosnan, uh, Mike. You know, I'm, I'm sure you'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll settle. I'll settle for Daniel Day Lewis. That'll that'll be okay. Day yeah, Lewis. But no, these are guys are whinge bag and the the well, you know, like, he's, <laughs> he's been brought down to earth, back down to earth with a bump. Uh, and he, you know, he, he's, he, he doesn't even deserve to be play, starting for United, to be honest. No. Well. And I've got to say, uh, while I've got the, the platform, I did tweet a few weeks ago, after another disappointing <laughs> self-owned performance, that he doesn't deserve a starting place. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got some stick for that, and uh, but some people agree with me. But I tell you what, I take it all back because his last couple of games, he's been absolutely immense. And again, he's another one. Who's got to be on the team sheet? Well, I'll repeat what that, what Sooner said. He, you know, he's he's now uh, knocking on for being a, one of the his. He, you know, Sooner said he's only got three definite starters from City, and the fourth one is going to be Foden if he just keeps it up. Uh, you know, um, and 
hearing pundits talk about Foden's definitely going to start for England in the World Cup. He has to. I mean, with this sort, with this level of form, you know, and it's not that, oh, he did it in one game, he scored three goals and that's skewed his figures. He's already scored three goals this season. So he's on six goals this season, which is, I think, is he one behind Harry Kane, you know? So, um, you know, Foden's done fabulously well this season overall. It's only, you know, fledgling uh, season's only eight games in, but, um, you know, it, he, he, I think we talked about this last week as well, some of us guys, where he just has to step up. You know, he can't be satisfied with what he's done so far. He needs to keep that trajectory going upwards and going forwards because, you know, can you imagine having two of the, oh, well, all through the best top three players in the world in KDB, Foden and Harlan in, in your in your side at City in, in a year's time, that just would be you know that's just dreamland. Well, listen, we've 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 got Colin Savage here. Let's make the let's make the most of him, uh, Colin. There were some other uh, scores and some other uh, announcements. Obviously, Bruno Lager getting the boot at Wolves yeah. and um, and Liverpool uh, dropping points again. Uh, give us your um, give us your uh, your views on some of the other scores. Well, yeah, um, Bruno Lager, um, I, I, I think this has been coming for a while. Wolves, they, you know, they've not got a, a bad team at all, but they've been completely uh, uninspiring, haven't they? And um, I don't know. Uh, they were starting to go off a bit under um, the old manager, weren't they? Um, Espirito Santo, was that? Yeah. That was the guy, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. forgotten about him. But, um, yeah, so so that not a great surprise. Um and um, I'm just trying to check the other score. Liverpool, of course, that was brilliant. Um, and I say, talking to, to David O'Rourke, he said Liverpool were abysmal. Um, and I think they were lucky to get the point. And, What's happened uh, to them, guys? I mean, that's... Well, that's it's that's it's interesting. Not- I was going to say that, um, that someone put a tweet out comparing the Liverpool side of today with the Liverpool side of five years ago. And, and bar uh, Diaz for Mane... And uh, Thiago for someone else. I can't think who it was. Um, it's the same side. Yeah. And Klopp's run them into. They're all getting a bit older. Klopp's run them into the ground. And um, I don't know what's you know. This happened at Dortmund for a minute. You know, he did about he had about six good seasons there. Then it just all fell to pieces. And uh, it looks like hopefully it's all falling to pieces at Anfield. But yeah, so the other scores, obviously the other big one is the uh, Saturday lunchtime North London derby. Arsenal uh, giving Tottenham a good good hiding. I, I wish Tottenham could play like that when they came to us uh, because they looked like uh, they were noticeably off form. I mean, um, they highlighted on match of the day, didn't they? Son, who, who's normally, you know, from your neck of the wood, Michael, normally so reliable, just wasn't on it at all. And um, yeah, uh, I think they were... It was a bit. That red card was a little harsh, I think. Um, but um, yeah, so so Arsenal. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is is having a uh, an absolute whale of a time there. Um, Chelsea got a late one against Palace. That looked like they were going to drop points. Uh, Newcastle really. I mean, um, Fulham were doing so well, and Newcastle went there and put four past them again. They were down to ten men quite early. Uh, Everton. Um, quietly have, have, have mounted a bit of a comeback. I think they're unbeaten in the last six games. So um, yeah, and of course they they play United next week. So that's something to keep that up. 
And West Ham finally got themselves out of the bottom three with a well win against Wolves. So um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see who goes to um, who goes to Wolves. So the question is, yeah, who's the next manager to go after um, after Bruno well, Lager? It could be uh, Rogers or uh, was it Cooper? Rogers, yeah, they're, they're playing tonight, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, think Rogers wants to wants to be sacked unless they don't want to sack him. Well, I think they the, want to pay the, the comp- compensation. The, 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 yeah, that's the rumor they can't afford it. Um, the, the compensation. But I, I've got to be. Uh, you mentioned Liverpool and their trouble start, but um, it, you might have noticed a couple of you might have noticed that I'm back on Twitter after taking uh, a longer uh, hiatus. Uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of months out, you know, and I, I stepped away and I've, I've enjoyed being away from Twitter because. I got on with my life. I've been very, very busy with work and, and, and other things. And I, I came back, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? And it's a cesspit, that place, isn't it? it it's really, it's, it's, it That's reminds me of so much good stuff. There's so much bad stuff. And unfortunately, one of the first people I followed was, was one of my Liverpool mates, Cam. And then because of that, I was flooded with um, st- stuff. Um, I was flooded with uh, stuff from uh, about Liverpool, so I've just seen this: all these Liverpool fans crying, crying about where the, you know um, what's going on, and um, about and having a go at FSG for the lack of spending and Klopp for his tactics. And it's like, hang on a minute, guys! Back in May, you were going for the quad. <laughs> you were going. You playing every single game. You were, you know. You were not far away from winning, obviously, the league title because we came back from 2-0 down against Villa and you were in the final of the Champions League. You were on for the quad and so look how quickly they've turned. Look how quickly they've turned against the manager. And actually, It's not that quick. If you listen to what Colin said earlier and you study the history, he does grind teams down, uh, Colin. I understand the balance. About five or six years, they've got nothing left left to give. Sad to the fans have turned, and they complain about the spending. They spent a lot of money. They spent 100 million this summer. You know, they spent, since Klopp's, uh, since FSG being there, they spent over, uh, I think, a billion pounds on players. A billion pounds on players. It's not that they haven't spent. Okay, City spent a, a little bit more, I think, since Ferguson retired in 2013. It's only three and a half years more. City spent about 1.4. So United, 1.4 billion. So and Liverpool has spent um, a billion since about 2010, I think, or 2009 when they got Suarez. But so this definitely spent a, a shed load of money. Um, but you know, but as I, I repeat, they were going for the quad last season, and it's only what May, less than six months ago, and how the fans are, are really going for it. Uh, FSG and, and, and Klopp. But the other thing, I've just got to mention this. It was very touching uh, after recent events that uh, that Liverpool, you know, um, their game against Brighton, they they observed more than a minute silence in respect to the <laughs> It was about 45 minutes worth of silence there. And the, and obviously we saw the Man United fans, um, you know, in, in respect of a majesty, half of them left after 45 minutes at, at, at the Etihad. So, you know, you know, I give them a bit of kudos for, for that, for their respect. Uh, let me let me just um, ask a question to Bernard. Uh, Bernard, is, isn't this exactly the adjustment that uh, Pep made? Because the, the relentless forward press, you can't do that game after game for 90 minutes. You've got to step off and you've got to 
and find another way of doing that. And uh, Klopp hasn't compromised. I think Pep did actually that season where he he would uh, let the guys step off a little bit. That that's what it seems to me. What do you think, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, you see, you look at players like Grealish, and I mean, we we can actually up the tempo as and when we want to. That that's the thing with City. Liverpool don't have that ability. They they either go for it or they don't. City can actually slow a game down and then just have that that total pace, you know, just speed up it equivalent and then slow it back down again. And that's what Pep does with City and what City can do. And teams like Liverpool can't can't keep up that press and their sort of uh, non all that energy, everything game in, game out. And as Ray said there, that's probably, you know, with with the Dortmund and and uh, Colin said with the Dortmund, it's uh, it just wears you, wears you out as a team, you know, like mentality wise, Pep might wear players out, but physically, I think he sort of gets the best out of them, you know, when he does play. So, yeah, Liverpool had no chance of carrying on that, but I still expect them. I think we were talking last week, they're still going to be our main challenger. Again, even though it doesn't look great, we still, you know, if Arsenal keep winning, they will be, but I expect Liverpool to, to improve, but, uh, Perhaps Pep has, has, has been intimated. Perhaps uh, Klopp's had his time now. Colin, such a... He just signed a new contract, and it's a few months ago. <laughs> Five years, yeah. six-year contract, whatever. Mm. Yeah, Colin, just such a crisis of confidence at the back. It seemed that the, that, that when one of them went, they all went. And um, yeah. Van Dijk, uh, his, uh, his head is gone. And uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, well, we knew he didn't defend that much. He, he's gone. It seems the rest of them have gone too. Well, it's like, you know, it's a great thing, isn't it? If you don't have confidence in your back four, that affects the whole of the team. Uh, affects the keeper and it affects the people in front of them. And uh, Van Dijk's never been the same since his bad injury, unfortunately. Uh, great player he was before that. Um, they, you know, um, they never really had a settled partner for him. You know, Matty, he, he's okay, but... Um, uh, again, Robertson, Robertson, Robertson's out at the moment. He's the best, I think, defensively. But yeah, we know what Alexander Arnold. We know what it's like. You know, he's um, uh, it, that that confidence has gone. And I think you're back for you play as a unit, uh, and you've got to know what everyone's doing, and and you've got to have confidence in each other, and you've got to have confidence in the guys in front of him. Klopp only plays one way. He, you know, his his heavy metal pressing, his gegen pressing. It involves the midfield trying to win the ball back high up the field. And they aren't doing that at the moment. They don't seem to have the legs. Uh, and that puts more pressure on the defence and it shows them up. It, it shows up their, their frailties. It shows up their weaknesses far more. It magnifies them when you're facing more, uh, teams coming forward. And, and it's showing this season that, um, um, the, the, the frailties have been exposed because teams are coming at them more rather than them you know, winning the ball higher up the pitch. Well, just coming to the end uh, end now, guys, I'm just going to say to uh, Bernard, Bernard, we're still, uh, we still haven't shaken off Arsenal and we've supplied them with one of their main goal scorers. It's annoying me, Bernard, that this guy <laughs> keeps, uh, he, he keeps popping up, uh, Colin and, and Bernard too. I mean, we sold them this guy and he we can't shake them off. Yeah, all credit to Jesus. He's, you know, he did that for us, didn't he? He went on these scoring sprees, and then, 
he sort of have a two or three games where he didn't do much and then he get rested. The thing is that Arsenal, he's not going to get rested, is he? He's going to play most of the as many games as he can probably squeeze in. So it might be ideal for him. But uh, I say we we did see this at City where he'd score five or six goals in three or four games and then it would go go quiet for a while. But it's a different thing there, isn't it? And um, yeah, if you, if you would Jesus, if you put him back in City, would he be doing what he's doing for Arsenal? No, because it's a totally different different ball game there, isn't it? But uh, all credit to him. And as I said, Arsenal, everyone expects them to blow up at some stage. But, you know, as the games go by, they keep getting the wins. Uh, it's interesting we didn't we missed playing him, wasn't it? I think that would have been a very interesting game at the time. I, you know, you know, it could have been a very tight game. I, mean, I don't know when it's going to get rearranged for, but we probably might play him at the Etihad before we play him at, uh, at their place. But uh, that would be interesting. But hey, they keep ticking over the wins. Um, yeah, at this point in time, they're our main competitors. Colin is um, is Gabriel Jesus like uh, Graham Hick on a flat track bully? <laughs> Yeah, I think he's a good player. We've seen what he can do, and and it's about having the, you know, he's getting the run of games which he wasn't getting uh, for us, particularly when Aguero was there, of course. But uh, you know, and, and that's helped him, hasn't it? And I was watching the Arsenal Spurs game Saturday lunchtime, and it was like watching Arsenal was like watching us to a to a degree. I mean, they're not, I I, I you know, I, I think we'll finish above them. I, I can't see them going to win the title, but um, I, I think they're still a bit frail defensively. They can be got at. Uh, but it was like watching us, you know, the build-up, which you'd expect, of course, wouldn't you? But yeah, no, he's, he's having that run of games. It's about confidence. With any strike, it's about confidence. You're getting the goals. You're confident, going to the next game, confident. And when you get a run, perhaps, you know, get a run of two or three games where it's not quite working out for you, then the confidence drops, doesn't it? I think he was always a confidence player, though. So um, good for him. Good for him. I mean, you know... Uh, with having signed Harlem, with having signed Alvarez, he was surplus to requirements. I think it would have been unfair to ask him to stay, uh, not to give him, um, not to give him a chance. And that's what we do, isn't it? If, if players want to be away, uh, we, we let them go. You know, if we get reasonable offer for him. Well, Bernard, you were there. Um, I, I believe. Um, was there anything else that you noticed during the game that you wanted to comment about? Because other than that, I'm going to ask you about... I know, I know the refs get a bit of stick, but I thought the fact that Oliver clamped down very early on and gave the yellow cards uh, to the United players, I thought, uh, see, I'm not a big fan of Oliver, but I thought he was spot on, actually. It made, you know, it made the game more interesting to let players know that he wasn't going to mess about with anything. So that's the only other thing that perhaps... Uh, Worth mentioning, just that uh, yeah, just to stick up for a ref for ones, which I don't usually do, but uh, I thought he got it pretty spot on. Bernard, did you did you enjoy the atmosphere? Um, how was it? And did you notice the, the like, like Colin had said, up to about seven, up to them subs came on, and United got another goal back. I mean, that was was excellent. A bit wasn't bouncing the second half because that wasn't until we actually got the the fifth and sixth goals, but. Uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, not not the most um, anim, anim, what was it, animalistic atmosphere, if you like, for a derby. It was quite tame compared to some, but then again, there was a lot of United fans there by, <laughs> by a certain stage, so it, it, there was no real animosity as such, because it's all sodded off. So, yeah, it was, uh, and we'd been a 2pm kickoff. Some of the guys hadn't drunk as much beer as perhaps they would have done if it had been a 5 o'clock kickoff or, or an, an evening kickoff, so... 
Yeah, it, it wasn't as intense as some, but yes, yeah, still, still very, very good. The Poznan was excellent, of course, over the all round the ground. That that was brilliant. I don't think they captured it very well on TV, unfortunately. They were showing a replay or something while it was all going on. So, but that was superb as well. It was great, yeah. Hey Bernard, uh, um, I, I noticed that some of my friends on Twitter were saying that they're selling better beer at uh, at uh, the Eddie Hall. They're they're now serving Asahi, the Japanese. Uh, beer is that true, or can you confirm that? Well, I had I had, we had some yesterday. No, I'd, I'm not overly impressed. The, the beer's still a bit naff, to be honest with you. But it's it seems to be getting a few more in the ground. It seems to be working. You get your ten percent discount for your season card, etc., etc. So uh, I don't touch Mary D's anymore. It's I don't I just don't like it in there anymore. I don't like the atmosphere. So yeah, I'd, I'd rather go in the Etihad now and have a, a couple of beers before the game. It could be cheaper. The food could be cheaper, but uh, it's okay. It's a good atmosphere in there. All right. Well, then, Ray, tell us what's next up for Man City. We've got uh, Copenhagen midweek in the Champions League. I expect quite a few players to be rested. Uh, it should be the, you know, with, with respect, or without respect, we're going to call them the whipping boys of the group. Uh, and we should be getting six points of them, regardless of who, who turns out. So, uh, I'm thinking Haaland uh, should be rested. He should even really be on the bench. He should be in Manchester with his uh, feet up and getting his feet massaged, same as Foden and KDB. Um, and then after that, we got Southampton next uh, Saturday, isn't it? So we've got Southampton next Saturday. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get carried away because Southampton are probably not uh, in the uh, best of form, really. And they've looked, I think, a bit... Uh, the funny thing is, they look a bit dodgy, uh, but then they can still pull out results. So, you know, like they've done against us. So I'm not gonna, um, you know, not knock them. Um, and then we, you know, we've got, you know, the, the second game against Copenhagen will be next Tuesday mm-hmm. over over there. And then we've got the big one. I think that everybody's, you know, uh, licking the lips over is a, a game away at Liverpool. Uh, in um, a couple of weeks' time, on the 16th of October, so I think that's and then you know we 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 are lucky or unlucky that the game against Arsenal has been postponed, the midweek game, because Arsenal have to play a Europa League game I think that night, and then we've got another tough game against uh, home to Brighton. Um, so you'd you'd like to think I would like to hope that we beat Copenhagen in the next two games uh, that we play with them. You know, do well against Liverpool because we've got some you know tough games coming up. As I said, the Liverpool and, and Brighton. Then we've got Dortmund again um, before we p- play Leicester. I think, which is the last game, uh, one of the uh, the last league game before um, the World Cup. Um, so it'd be nice, as far as I'm concerned, to get the Champions League group done before the Dortmund game. Uh, I don't think there's any jeopardy with you know, playing away at Dortmund and home to Sevilla if we needed one point. But it'd be just nice to wrap it up. Completely, and then just focus on getting as many points from the, the remaining league games as we can before the World Cup. Okay, just a quick question for Colin. Colin, you think that we're going to see a little bit more of uh, Julian Alvarez in this next couple of games? And also, for people that don't know, um, what's how is this going to happen with the uh, World Cup? I mean, is there going to be like a like a two month hiatus? I mean, I know that I know and. Ray and Bernard knows, but prob- probably a lot of people don't know how that's going to work. So if you could just briefly explain, that would be great. 
Uh, yeah, basically what's going to happen is that um, I think the season's going to finish early November, isn't it? And yeah. um, it's going to restart again on Boxing Day. Right, so that's going to be, that's that's quite a long break. What do you reckon about, um, you, you reckon this is going to be the time when um, when Pepe's going to show us a, a little bit of Julian Alvarez over the next few games? Don't, uh, don't, don't know, I think he'll probably play... Uh, on Wednesday night, um, we've got Chelsea just before the uh, football breaks up in the in the calling and the whatever it's called these days, Carabao Cup, uh, League Cup, and uh, no doubt we'll get a chance there. I mean, but but the great thing is, of course, Norway aren't at the World Cup, so Erling Haaland will be getting a nice, uh, well, eight week break to recharge his batteries. So. Um, you know, there's no reason why he can't go through that busy January, February time. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'd all like to see a little bit more of Alvarez, but um, not at the expense of uh, Erling Haaland potentially breaking Dixie Dean's record. Right. Well, guys, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll hope that um, Erling Haaland puts his feet up in ice for a few weeks, and um, very very uh, happy to conclude this book. I hope that we can get Colin back for the game against Liverpool, um, because I know that he loves to do, he loves to rub it into Liverpool mm-hmm. as we'll do. Um, um, let's see if that can happen. But listen, guys, thank you very much for coming on the pod. I'm really, really grateful. And um, let's just have some final comments um, from Bernard. Let's start off with Bernard. Bernard, a few final comments. Yeah, just I think we're all happy, as I say. We can put the mild disappointment. Uh, and nine goals in a Manchester derby never been done before. As uh, I think Colin said earlier, it would have been nice to be an eight-one, or uh, you know, uh, as it was. It's, uh, I think we'll take that, won't we, guys? We'll take we'll take a six-three, and we'll we'll move on to the next one. Final comments from Colin. Yeah, I say uh, nothing to really to add to what to what Bernard said. I mean, um, some tough games coming up. So, I mean, Southampton. Uh, I think uh, Ralph Hasenbuttle must be under some threat there yeah. that they've not performed as well as they could do but you know they'll turn it on against us so um, we'll see but it would be nice to get three points at Anfield again wouldn't it we'll that would really them. we'll play them, them into form we'll play them into form I think final comments from Ray you must be happy that you don't have to pay for a pizza oh, I, don't, I don't mind Mike as I said to you last week, I'd have been very happy to pay for a pizza for you if we'd won 5-0. I'd have been over the moon. Um, but um, in all seriousness, in all, we were all going in, into work or seeing our United mates. We're very, very, very chuffed um, for the next over the next few days. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll rub it in whenever we can. And we just roll on um, you know, uh, to the next game and I hope that we can carry on winning. Well, thank you very much to the lads. So we'll finish off in the normal way by saying have one on us and up the blues. Up the blues.